Sit down. Stand up. Pass out. Wake up. Fade it. Fade it. Now I done grew around some people living their life in bottles. Granddaddy had the golden flags. Backstroke every day in Chicago. Some people like the way it feels. Some people want to kill their sorrow. Some people want to fit in with the popular. That was my problem. I was in the dark room. We kick off hour number two of the program. All right, let's get into it. Hang on, real quick. Um, John Adams, uh-huh. who has been met with criticism over some of the articles he's written in the past, um, sometimes fairly, sometimes unfairly. Um, his column today is about Raj. <laughs> and he mentioned something that I meant to mention earlier. Um, I meet a lot of people who listen to the show, and they're like, man, I'd love to call in. I just, I, I just get nervous. Mm-hmm. And I think about Raj, yeah. who, if you ever met him in person, um, he he doesn't have the same the same stutter. When yeah, he's it's in it's it's very different. Yeah, um, but I, I guess Roger, like most people, would get nervous when he called in and and realize you know he was on the air. Um, but sorry. The courage, yeah, to do it on our show, the drive, Basilio, the animal, whatever, um, to do it over and over, just because he he wanted to talk balls, man. Like it just, uh, I would recommend you read that article by Adams. Anyone listening? And uh, we'll talk. <laughs> we'll talk sports now. You got um, a link? It's my last free one. Woo! <laughs> I think it's mine too, actually. <laughs> um, and, and, and maybe they made this one free, and they sh- they should. Like anyone who yeah can read the internet should be able to read about Raj. Yep. Well, I was gonna talk some Auburn, Tennessee, Chris. No, yeah, the go, Kim go, Palm go, go into Bruce it. Pearl go into it. Go into it. All right. Because the more I talk about yeah, Raj, the worse it gets. <laughs> Man, like I really wanted to do this Wednesday, and I was like, "Uh-uh, like I'm not happening. Can't do it." Yesterday, same thing. I was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about him." Um, just man, he's the best. Yes, Auburn, Tennessee, uh, big game, lot on the line, especially for Tennessee and frankly well, and Auburn. Auburn. They're trying to get loss. in the tournament. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they need this bad. Joke. They are. Uh, they're scuffling. They're sliding. They're skid. Cue up that audio there, Hickman. Just uh, yeah, just have that ready. Yeah, finger on the that and the Conto. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh-huh. He's never played that. I don't, yeah, I don't even know if he could find it. Ah, uh, I'm sure I could find. <laughs> you it were somewhere. almost there with your with your comment there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Auburn's 21st in the country on the defensive end, uh, 73rd on offense. We've talked all year about how they're a very uh, different team than a typical uh, Bruce Pearl team. They actually don't shoot that many threes. They're one of the uh, lowest uh, three-point attempts per field goal attempts in the country, 252nd. Their uh, three-point percentage is god-awful. Or, sorry, their three-point distribution is god-awful, 299. Their three-point percentage is even worse. They are 324th in the country shooting the three ball. 324. There's like 360-something. Didn't they go 12 of 20 against Bama? Uh, they shot yeah. 60% against Whew. Bama. Yep. 
I think that's why Bruce was just so mad. I mean, that, they played, no, they they, they really played the they played so life, well. They really just did. Couldn't get couldn't get it done. Well, that and man, like yeah, calls. It, it's weird because I guess the better Bruce does at Auburn, like the weirder it gets for Tennessee fans. But man, I really wanted to win that game. I think everybody's out on Bama at this point, from a rooting perspective, unless you're, you know, a diehard Crimson and Cream fan. CBS has uh, Auburn as of 8 a.m. this morning as an 11 seed. Playing game or just straight oh, 11? Straight in. Straight 11? Okay. Versus Northwestern. Hey, ho, ho, ho! Mm. Hickman! What? God, just... One I'm reading the article! Don't do it. Not right now. We're playing who? Or Auburn's playing who? Oh, my God. Auburn is an 11 right now, playing Northwestern. I don't want to say anything because Chris will get mad at me. No, go ahead. No. I don't care if Northwestern plays Auburn. No. You got mad at me in the break for rooting for other teams. So It wasn't in the break. That was actually on the show. Five minutes ago was in the breaks. Okay. And CBS has as a three. I'll take Northwestern in that matchup, though. You see Irvine is who we play. Okay. Well, that's my goal at this point, to be a two or a three for this team. Like, let's finish. I still think they can get a two. Let's finish it off. But two or three is pretty – it's not that big of a difference. No, I agree. You know, it's more about the matchups at that point. There are some places where being the three would be better in the bracket than being a two. So, two or three, can't control what the committee does. Let's just – you know, for the team, obviously I can't control anything, but – I hope the team can control what they can control. Play well down the stretch. You got Auburn. You hopefully get a top four seed, and then by the, so by the time you're playing the SEC tournament, you've got a, a pretty good opponent who's either won two games or won one game. Let's get that win, and then the weekend, whatever happens, happens. But let's let's make sure we're in the two three, and we're not facing a one until mm-hmm. it's for the trip to the final four. Hot take. I had this thought last night. I'll see what you guys think about it. The round of thirty two. I think that round scares me more in the NCAA tournament than any other round. Because at that point, if you're playing a Power 5 opponent, it's like, all right, obviously they're probably going to be a borderline top 25 team. Chances are. There's the unknown because you've not played them. You might not have watched them that much that year, so you don't really know what you're getting yourself into. If you catch a mid-major team, you're sitting there thinking, are we going to be the next chapter of some mid-major Cinderella run? So... That, that that was my big thought I had last night, is that the round of 32 scares me the most. I think they all scare Every me. Every game scares me. <laughs> That's the first one scare I guess me. you have to get there first. <laughs> yeah, you got you got to win one. You got to win one but before the, you worry about the round of 32. Well, I, but to, to Hickman's point, I'm yeah, definitely more it. scared yeah. at that point than I am of 64, but honestly, they all scare me. And just on this bracket, your second round opponent, you're looking at San Diego State or West Virginia, or the six eleven in that little. Ugh, West Virginia, they're weird. The team, not the people. Wait, the team's weird, not the people. Okay, West Virginia. I think the people are weirder than the team. Yeah. Okay, but the team, you never know which team's showing up. I mean, they, they've no, looked no, I, I, superstar yeah. Yeah. like and crap. That's their coach's mentality, too. Hmm. 
Who you got, Adam? You got Philly? I do. All right, let's go. To, let's let's grab him. We got plenty of time. What's up, Phil? You're on three and out. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning, morning, Philly. At least y'all not uh, had replay of Bruce Pearl about a hundred times like uh, three o'clock <laughs> did yesterday. I don't. I don't know about you, Phil. Like I got a kick out of it because they had you know they did the work. They cut the audio, but. <laughs> Well, it's funny for a little while, but if Auburn wins, they'll have egg on their face. What do you mean? Well, I mean, they just, uh, they're just like to stoke old Bruce Pertle up because they don't like him. Yeah. And you know that's one of these most dangerous uh, things when we go down there. They don't want to admit that they like Bruce Pearl. That's their problem. Yeah, they it, it is. They do. It's, but, it's a strange homage. Like they 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 pretend to be poking fun, but I think secretly they they wish you know he was still here. And I think well, I think I, wish a, was too. I was gonna say I think a lot of people do. Like I I think a lot of us wish that had never happened. Not me. Whoa, whoa, Hickman, you're lying. We pretty much have the same thing, just less exciting. I mean, <laughs> Pearl made one Elite Eight here. I mean, Rick Barnes is our best coach we've ever had. Like, I mean, I I, I love Bruce Pearl, but mm. I think Barnes is the best coach we've had, so. Really? And, like, the one thing about Pearl's teams is he might have that one just 32-5 and five team that you get every now and then, but he has some stinkers. Of a season, and this season's one of them. Last season, he had the best player in the country, and he didn't get out of the second round. So, I don't know. Huh. Well, typical Tom Brady uh, analogy there, you know. I mean, Bar- <laughs> I mean, Barnes had the COVID year where we weren't making the tournament. Yeah, Th- this Auburn team's better than that Tennessee team. Yeah, we need to what win two or three in the SEC tournament to, at least to, to make yeah, it. it was, yeah. We were, we weren't going to beat Nate Oates that day. I don't think. Well, that's a good point, team. Well, I mean, I'll give Barnes credit. Uh, he rebuilt a mess that was left from uh, uh, Donnie Tindall and Quanzo. Uh, Quanzo, uh, uh, Bruce Pearl left Quanzo uh, a pretty good team, and then Quanzo, you know, he added Jarnell Stokes, which was already in the works uh, mm-hmm. from the, the Buck Pearl era, and uh, he just underachieved the whole time he was coach, and then he was gone, and Donnie Tindall came in, and then. You know, we was kind of – it took took him, what, two years to get in NCAA when the Barnes came in? Yeah. yeah. They're I, just different coaches. You can appreciate both of them, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. They just do it very yeah. different ways. Like, like Pearl, Pearl re-energized the players, the fan base, used his scheme, and that first year, I mean, it was just magical, you know? Uh, Barnes, it's just a little more blue collar and gradual, and that that's mm-hmm. okay too. And it, yeah. it and it probably does give Barnes a higher floor year in year out. But man, the peaks with Bruce Pearl in, in within a season, certain seasons. I mean, he took Auburn to the Final Four. I mean that that team probably yeah. should have won the national championship. That's crazy. And he had recruiting role in Tennessee when he uh, right before he left. Uh, you but, know, we wouldn't have had that lull of uh, you know Conzo Martin and uh, Donnie Tindall if. Uh, he had to cook the hamburger and all that other stuff, the caught lights, telling fibs and everything else, which probably now he wouldn't have got fired, you know what? 
yep. the way things are now. That's true. And uh, I remember Ray Mears and uh, Tennessee fans like Showman. They like they liked Ray Mears. They liked uh, Bruce Pearl, mm-hmm. and they liked uh, they liked Tony Vitalo. They like Showman, and uh, they want to be entertained. And uh, Rick Barnes is not in the entertainment business. No, he it. I I 100% agree with that, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but that I think being the showman that Bruce Pearl was and that Ray Mears was and um like Vitello is, I think it I think it buys you a little time. It buys you some some leeway maybe with the fans when things aren't going great, but it also like it helps that Tony and Bruce and Ray like were winners. But yep. th- but that's the difference, right? Like when things aren't going perfectly, or when they start to kind of go bad, those guys have some equity built up mm-hmm. um, with the fan base. Like, hey, you know, I mean, hell, I remember being in college and Bruce comes to the cafeteria. I mean, th- like no joke. Like I was there. That was my freshman year, and he's coming into the presidential court and he's standing on the table. And he's like, "Come, come to the games, please. Like, just let us show you what we're going to do." I was like, "Whoa, is this is this real? Like, this is a thing? Do coaches do this?" And then yeah. you learn, you learn, like, no, that's no, not, they don't. that's really abnormal. Um, but he did that, and it, man, it made a difference. And then obviously, you know, you start winning, so then you get like the double benefit of like, oh, not only is he winning, but he also like rallied the fan base and got the students behind him. But I do think that, like Bruce had a couple of years and a couple especially points of seasons where things aren't going well man that that does buy you some time with the fan yep. base to say hey i know things aren't going well but i also i know this guy cares i know that it matters to him i know that he wants us there and that's just you know that's not barnes's style well i mean i've drunk a beer with buck pearl and i've I, you know i've never drunk a beer with uh rick barnes i mean one successful fans and one in yeah yeah yeah. That's just the way it is. And uh, hopefully we'll go down there and uh, win tomorrow. I kind of doubt it, but uh, uh, I guess stranger things have happened. How are you feeling without Zakai, Phil? Do what? How are you feeling without Zakai? Well, you heard what Musselman said after the game that they designed their whole offense to go after Ziggler. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then once uh, Tennessee. Uh, Ziggler's out. They put a bigger lineup in there, and it threw off their offense. Yeah, so, that makes sense. Because Arkansas I, likes to just get switches. Well, and they're all big and lean yeah, and fast. And identify yeah. the best no, I, I, I did not see that from Musselman, but that's – yeah, I get that. Now, the, the key is uh, Auburn shot 60% from three against Alabama, and I don't think they're going to shoot 60% from three uh, against us down there, even though they're in their own gym. No, they won't. No, they're one of the worst three points. Unless they go like the three of five. Yeah, no, they're not a good shooting team. If they can get Broom in foul trouble, Tennessee can win the game. Yeah. No, yeah, you you, you got to get Broom. The first time we played, when he was playing well early in the game, it was pretty even. And then once he once he had to go out, and then he missed some shots, that Tennessee pulled away. I don't think you're. I think you're going to get an exceptionally bad whistle down there this weekend, though. To kind of make up for the last game, and that, home. and well, the, that, and the SEC, SEC would love to make sure Auburn makes the tournament. Mm-hmm. You know, get nine teams in if they can. So, so the SEC could get nine teams in the tournament. 
something like that. Yeah, yeah. Which so, is crazy. Were they not at, what did I say yesterday? Were they at eight? Eight, yeah. yeah. And that, that did include Auburn. Right. Yes. But Maybe then, you know, but say I Vanderbilt think. wins the SEC tournament, like, yeah, you could yeah, get up nine to nine. Be max. Yeah. But does that knock, like, an Auburn out? You know, that's what happens yeah, when could. you get, like, Maybe. eight seeds winning these small conference tournaments. Yeah. Are y'all going through the all that crap of what, if we lose the game, are we going to end up, what, fifth in the SEC? We uh, might, yeah. We're yeah, going to be third, fourth, or fifth. I th- I thought I heard the drive say they yesterday we could six. be the sixth. Well, uh, maybe we could dro- tiebreakers. Well, yeah, it depends, right? Like if Missouri wins and Kentucky wins and we lose, and uh, it could be as okay, low maybe as six. Th- maybe three to six. Three right? to six, yeah. Well, I got to give a shout out to the the uh, overtime crew. Uh, they, they actually they're like y'all. They take calls. See. You. <laughs> Cheers, Philly. Thanks for the call, Philly. You know, he was mentioning uh, you know how rough the program shaped the program was in when. Rick Barnes took over, and I don't disagree with that. But when Bruce Pearl came in in 2005, 2006, mm-hmm. do you realize the the team, mm-hmm. Tennessee basketball, had not won a single postseason game of any type, NIT included, since 2000? It had been six seasons. Wait, what? It had been six seasons since they had won a postseason game at all because they went to the Sweet 16 in the year 2000. Then they got bounced in the first round. That was Jerry Green, right? Jerry Green. They got bounced in the first round the next season. They didn't make a Who was that loss to? Do you remember? I don't. I can. Their Sweet 16 loss? No, no, no. no. The first round of the next year. Was that. Did we play Syracuse in the first round? I can check it. But then then Buzz Peterson year one, no postseason at all. They went 15 and 16. No, I don't think Buzz made the postseason. He went to the NIT the next year. Oh, yeah. Lost in the first round. Went to the NIT. I was at that game, actually. (laughs) Went to the NIT the year after that. Lost in the first round, and then the year after that went fourteen and seventeen, no postseason. Then Bruce Pearl rolls in, beats number one Texas, gets a two seed, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they were number one, but they were they were a top five. Or yeah, team. sorry, sorry. Beat it was have... it was definitely top ten Texas. Yeah, beats Texas. They might have been two. Goes twenty two and eight. Goes twelve and four in the conference. Gets a two seed in the NCAA tournament. Of course, holy the, holy shnikes. Won the first round game. It was close, but then yeah, you know, it wasn't great. Uh, but still, second round made the second round that year. Was in the Sweet Sixteen the next year after that. I mean, you talk about a, an instant rebuild. Who who Tennessee lose to Bruce's first year here in the tournament? Uh, we beat Winthrop. Beat Winthrop and lost to Wichita State. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And Chris Lofton corner three. One of three, but yeah. Well, deep two. Deep two. That we should have got a, a technical on because Stanley assumed he left the bench and the game wasn't over. And then the next year, who, who did he lose to the next year? Uh, uh, one was Ohio State and one was Michigan State, right? In there? Or am I crazy? Uh, yeah, that, those were. I think those were spread apart. The next year. Was the next year when we played, I think our first round game was against American, maybe? Yeah, and we beat the hell out of them. We scored like 125 points or something. They had a really good guard going into that game that I remember as a kid. But the second Sweet 16 year, it was Louisville. Remember yeah. Was Louisville. Uh, yeah, that uh, was that that, that was name? like a, a a game changer for Bruce. Like he changed the way he recruited people after that. They had that like lineup wise, kid size and stuff. What was his name? Uh, Paget, Matt. Uh, that was I thought that guy played for Kentucky. Anyway, I don't know. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't remember. But, I mean, like, I, that was what made it so remarkable, is how bad you'd been. And, honestly, there's a lot of similarities between, like, Grant Williams and Admiral Schofield and that kind of really f- the first pretty good and then really good Tennessee teams under Rick Barnes 
and the Juwan Smiths and Chris Loftons. I mean, mm-hmm. not highly touted kids. Not really, didn't really see. I mean, obviously Grant was his was with Rick from the the get go, but still like, you know, Admiral was kind of non factor. Didn't seem it didn't seem like those guys were going to be stars. But then you just kind of put them in a different system. For Rick Barnes, it was more about challenging their own accountability. You know, it was like guys, this this isn't it. Like we will not be. You, you're not going to be a good basketball player unless you completely change your work habits, yeah, your yeah. your body, your like. And so he he. I think he elevates the program from a, a standards level, an accountability uh, level. Yeah. Um, he kind of makes all the guys accountable to each other. And, I think he recruits good people. And, and Bruce Pearl, in a way, at the time, made all the kids accountable to the system and the team. And the I, I've never in my life seen a college basketball team deny the inbounds at the level of Bruce Pearl's first team. He might have had more athletic teams that could do it better sure, yeah. in, in spurts. Mm-hmm. The, one on the Texas game with the, Duran. They the, got a five-second call. The amount of buy-in that those kids, you know, Dane Bradshaw, I mean, Major Wingate, I mean, the amount of buy-in he, he got those <laughs> yeah. kids to play with right out of the gate. I think they were just starving for, like, a direction, right? They're just, like, they've been playing this Buzz Peterson system where it's, like, it kind of reminds me of um, – Man, you know, uh, no identity. You just go, just uh, yeah, go out, pass the ball around, and get a good shot, guys. It's funny you say that because I remember, like, once Bruce got here, we had such a defined identity oh, of what we were. Yeah, and you you said Buzz, like, what were we? And I'm like, uh, you don't even remember, I'm, right? You can't. I don't even know what we did. Even Kevin O'Neill, I heard him in clinic before, who coached here. It, like, even when he talks about his defense, it's all very defined. At yeah. least you know what you're trying to do. Right, Buzz Peterson right. had no identity either side of the ball. I don't feel like. Um, but I mean, I mean, Bruce met met with every high school basketball coach, men's and women's in in the area, different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to like the Knox County version or whatever, and he and Jason Shea were there, and he went through his whole philosophy, offense and defense, like in a you know in eighteen minutes, like with the whiteboard, everything. It was crazy. Every they everything they did was was had a purpose. Yeah. And that's the way any good coach is. Passion, poison, purpose, baby. You, I mean, you, you, you poison. It's like passion, poison. Is it is a joke? Yeah, okay, is, is the way you said poison, purpose? It did sound like poison. Passion, poison, purpose. My first like year that. really paying attention to Romeo Tennessee basketball was Bruce Pearl's first year. Really, that was the first year I actually that's started a, keeping that, up with players. That's a pretty good year to get baptized, man. That's why I have such high expectations because I've never really went through a period of suck with basketball. Yeah, like yeah, I have yeah. with football. That's mm. why I'm the way I am, Chris. It's because of Bruce Pearl. Well, what's I mean, well, what's they interesting? The, they got the best environment in college basketball and the best coach. And, I mean, what's interesting though is if you didn't have Jerry Green, you know, if you'd gone, I mean, sorry, if you didn't have Buzz Peterson, if mm. you'd gone from like Jerry Green to Bruce Pearl. I mean, all those teams are pretty successful. You know, yeah, you're making yeah. a tournament. You, you know, uh, Green made a Sweet 16, and then even made the tournament the year after. I mean, they won 20 games every year under Jerry Green. And if they're going right into Pearl, it all makes sense. But mm-hmm. Buzz just kind of crazy. He the lost program. to Green, lost to what UNC in the Sweet 16 that one year, right? Yeah, and we should have won that game. That was when they had um, what is it? Brendan Haywood. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That kid, or he's a man now, but. That team beat a really good – I think that was the year. We beat UConn with um, 
Oh, who was that point guard? What year are we talking? Uh, uh, I can't remember the year. It was 2000. Um, they beat Louisiana Lafayette the first round, 13 yeah. seed. Then they beat UConn, who was the five seed. Yeah. What seed were we that year? Four. Uh, four. No, you'd have been a. Th- wait. You said we beat the 13. Yes, four. Yeah, because we only played the five. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was a UConn. that was a good UConn team. And was North, that the Caron yeah, Butler yeah, team? North Carolina was uh was kind of a Cinderella. They were the eight. They had knocked off the one. Right. In yes. the south it was yes. in the southeast region. And yeah. what was the final score of that game? Seventy four sixty nine. Five point game. Did that go to OT or no? We blasted UConn sixty five fifty one. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Uh, because people were like, Oh, it's a good UConn team. They're kinda heating up. I feel like UConn maybe UConn had Karan Butler. It doesn't say it went to overtime. Pro. He was a freshman that year, but he was pretty good. He was point fresh. guard? He's a no, nah, he was like They had a really good point guard who had like a like a rolled ankle and he was kind of hobbling out there. I don't gotcha. Their names, but it was forever ago. Yeah, we dominated Yukon. But people didn't expect that. Is all what I was saying. Like people yeah. thought, "Oh man, this is This is a 4 versus 5." Albert yeah. Mooring. <sighs> he was their leading scorer over Karan Butler. He was 6-3. Go through the other names that, on that, that team. That must have been him. Right? Uh, you got Johnny Selvey. I'll go through the guards. Yeah. Talik Brown. I – was it Talik Brown? He averaged eight points, five assists that year. He was a freshman. Talik Brown, Talik Brown. I feel like maybe that's it. This really doesn't matter. Tony no, Robertson. No, it wouldn't. Yeah, the rest of these guys, they just suck. Let me test my memory, you jerk. <laughs> I found the scenario of how we can be the sixth seed that we don't want. Okay, far away. Arkansas beats Kentucky, Auburn beats us, Missouri beats Ole Miss. That's it. This is what I'm seeing. Whoa. That puts us at the six. Yeah. What well, sucks is that's kind of likely. Missouri would be the three. A and M would be two. Alabama one. Kentucky would be four. Vanderbilt five. Because I get assuming that means Vanderbilt wins two. Because we would have. Five. Yeah, Vanderbilt's win two. Yeah. Who are they playing? Look that one up. And so Vanderbilt plays. Old, uh, who did we say they played? So Arkansas has to beat Kentucky. Okay, so we want Kentucky to lose if we're going to win, but in a weird way, if Kentucky, if we lose, we kind of want Kentucky just to go ahead and win because Kentucky losing and getting stuck in the tiebreaker with us hurts us because the record against tied teams, we gain two more losses if Kentucky drops down and is tied yeah, with us. Yeah, that makes sense actually. Vanderbilt they host Mississippi State. Okay. Tomorrow, so okay. you need that fourth one also. Gotcha. I mean, I guess it could happen. Let's just win and take care of business. We'll come back. Just with win, more. baby. Three and out next. Continues with uh, Chris singing karaoke. Well, you're her all. Looks insane. Ooh, yeah. Looks like Cedric Tillman was interviewed on the podium. On podium mm. today. Says, You don't think I can run, but I can. Oh. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Never 100% last year, which we kind of figured. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. I mean, maybe against Pitt, like that, and that was probably it. Yeah. And then the start of Akron yeah. until he gets that weird tackle. Basically ruined our 
turn shooting. It'll be an interesting pickup for teams. I mean, he's. I don't think it ruined our entire season. Well, it just it made Hyatt, Hyatt have yeah. to be the guy, which was fine. Which yeah. I mean, you don't like to think this way, but Tillman never gets hurt. You know, you probably never have the legendary Bama performance, the Bolitnikoff winner with Hyatt. You know, you say that, but he had what two hundred yards and a touchdown against Georgia last year. Like, I mean, I, like, I'm, not, I'm not, yes, you don't have a five touchdown performance with Tillman in the game, but you might have. You know, three from Tillman, two from Hyatt, three from Hyatt, two from Tillman. Hmm. I'll be very interested to see what he runs in the 40. If he somehow runs a sub 4-5, he's going to be a very... He ain't running a sub 4-5, is he? I don't know. I'm just saying. If he does, well, if he runs a 4-4-9... Four, four, yeah, I think he's trying to... I mean, I would think if he just runs a sub 4-5-9... I mean, what were you expecting Byron Young to run yesterday? And he just blew the doors off it. What did he run? Did you not see this? Officially four four three. Good lord! No, I knew what he. I knew he was. It was that's the same as who? Uh, Justin Jefferson ran yeah. in his combine. Yeah. I think the only one faster was Nolan Smith from Georgia. I guess I'm very surprised he ran that fast. I'm not shocked that Byron Young's really fast though. I mean, his his problem was always he was too small. Like if if he was a little bigger. He would be like a top ten pick. You see what I mean? He's two fifty. I'm well, talking for the NFL though. I mean, yeah. in college he's perfect, but I think he made himself some more money though. Oh, oh my yeah, god, no. yeah, no four, four 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 three. Yeah, I mean, think about that. Yeah, like Jawan Jennings ran what like a four six seven or something. He ran like Jerry Rice time. I mean, yeah, that's what, I'm, what I mean is in in college, like yeah, he's fine size wise, but. If, if Byron Young had been able to bully and just like run over, if, if he was if he was able to bully NFL yeah. offensive linemen, I see, I see what you're saying. He yeah. would be like one of the top guys in the whole class with that because because his his you, we always knew he was that speed was his game. Yeah, I yeah. guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, but he's I, he's, he's, he's that he's, fast. That's insane. He, no, that's he's, faster than C.D. Lamb and Cooper Cup. Yeah, that's what they ran in their forty yeah. time. Oh yeah. Well, Cup's that's brilliance fast, is the quick exactly. Yeah. That's faster speed. than C.D. Lamb. Yeah. Oh, that's like a train, man. I mean, those guys just, like, in a straight line. I mean, that's fast. You need to watch him. I mean, he, he no, runs I'll like a damn up. track athlete mm-hmm. at 250. And Hyatt's running tomorrow, too, right? There's going to be another Tennessee burner out there. Tillman's projected. Uh, he's the 10th-rate quad receiver projected third-round pick, 87 overall. You're on sub four or five. He'll go in the second round. I'm very interested to see what he and Hyatt run. We know Hyatt's gonna be fast. I just wonder how fast. Hyatt's forty is gonna be appointment television for Tennessee fans, I guess, especially and and just I know a lot of people really love the combine. I think it's kind of boring outside of keeping up with the Tennessee stuff. But no, honestly, I. For the last mm, like four years, I'd I'd tune in and watch quite a bit of it. It is literally the same thing over and yeah. over, it, like the same talking points about a guy. Yeah, but usually I, we only get like one guy. Now we get we I think we got seven invites. Yeah, but I think I'd just rather watch their highlights when they get posted to you know, oh, yeah, yeah. Vol football or whatever. Because watching the whole thing, you're just kind of like, all right, here we go again. Oh. I always liked having the combine on 
while I was doing other things. Yes, yeah. Like, uh, when I was way into fantasy football a lot more, I would just love to just, like, chill out in the bonus room, like, got the TV on one side, it's running the combine, because you can basically listen to it and then just kind of tune in when there's something really happening, you know? But then they're talking about everything, and then you can, you know, get some work done on the computer or do some other things, like... Um, it's, it's like, a. it's kind of like watching like a, like a non-major golf tournament, you know, on like Saturday, like yeah, not yeah. the final round. You're just kind of, it's just on. You're not locked in, but like yeah. occasionally you'll peek up and be like, oh yeah. yeah just yeah. kind of keeping track. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Good example. Yeah. Jeremy Banks ran four, five, three for his 40. It's actually pretty good. Four, five, three. Yeah. That's not it's bad. It's pretty good. Yeah, he's a running back and all. Feed the bull. He was mm. tied for the like seventh fastest as far as linebackers go. Owen Papo was that his name from Auburn was the fastest. What do you run? Four three nine. Papo ran a four three nine. Yeah, remember that? Yeah. Oh yeah. We were at, between us and mm-hmm. us yeah. and Auburn. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Was that Pruitt? Yeah, it had to be. Mm. Probably lost that with our McDonald's bags. Iron Young had the farthest mm. broad jump, 11 feet. Owen Papo. Pretty Papo. I remember you Pepo. We made fun of the name kind of back Pepo. and forth. Yeah. Hmm. What was Pinocchio's dad's name? Um, I say dad, but... Was it? Geppetto. Geppetto, yeah. yeah. I kept wanting to say Geronimo, not, not, the, <laughs> not the right guy. <laughs> Well, Georgia fans are on one after yesterday's combine. Why? Uh, apparently, well, I, I don't know if you saw it, but uh, Nolan Smith, he ran a 4-4. 4-4 four, four. Four, four flat? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It just says 4. No, no, 4-4-4. Four, four, four. So the Georgia players were all laying around out there going crazy after he ran it, and so many Georgia fans are like, that's just the culture you get here at Georgia. Find me another school that's going to mm-hmm. support their boys like this. And then my reply was, the culture is so good that a star player would drive away from a terrible accident that had a teammate and a UGA staffer in it. Of course that was your reply. Mm-hmm. What well, time's Hyatt running tomorrow? I don't think coverage starts till like 1 p.m. or something like that. Just midday. The one thing I don't like is that I wish they would have a very specific schedule of events for the combine. And it's never – it's always – it's always a little fluid. Like you can – if you really know where to look, you can always, you know, find like what group they're in and stuff. But they're still never like, a, hey, this guy's going to run the 40, at, you know, within like a 15-minute range. You can't get to that point. You can't nail it down because it – because they're going from kind of station to station and that sort of stuff. It'd be cool if for the combine they would throw some just fun stuff in there, like not just you know forties and the shuttle and all that. We went like a dodgeball tournament. Give maybe not even that. Maybe something a little bit more competitive than that and a little bit more serious. But just something to watch these guys tug compete. of war, one on one. No, oh, you'd have to find something very specific and just. Dodgeball. I'm trying to ask you what it is. What's a good competitive game that people can play without getting hurt? 
Yeah, without getting hurt. You wouldn't want it to be too too intense. Checkers. Chess. <laughs> that Is would it? work their mind. Yeah. Would say ultimate frisbee, but that's pretty much football with a frisbee, so you're not gonna do that. Hmm. Oh, Hickman, you make my head hurt hmm. sometimes, but yeah, we could replace the Wonderlick with like a like a board game. Is that what you're going for? Mousetrap. <laughs> you gotta set it up. <laughs> okay. Did you ever play Mousetrap? The game, uh, or did you just set it up and run the mousetrap? We tried to, yeah, we did that. Where we got the game, we tried to play it a little bit. We're like, this kind of sucks, but it's fun to play with. Let's just play. Capture the flag. So. That's it. Capture the flag. Okay. You can see how they, and then you have like no leaders and stuff. So they have to figure out yeah. like a plan. They're all mic'd up, so you get to hear how they interact with each other, come up with the plan. Who's smart? Who isn't? Who's more of a follower? You get to also then see agility and quickness. Yep. And it, are, are they wearing flag belts too? Like, is that how you get them out and capture the flag, or is this just a, like, how, how, what's it, or is it just tag? Is it touch? Like, how? Uh, are there obstacles? I would. You're honest, asking him way too many questions. I would honestly say, just touching them when they're out. Okay. I, yeah. I, I think it's honestly that's probably harder to do than grabbing a flag out of somebody's waist, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. We'll come back with more. We'll, we'll flesh this out and have it ready to present the NFL. Curling. Final segment, hour number two, right back to the Big Orange Philly phone lines we go. We've got Matthew up next. What's up, Matthew? You're on three and out. Hey, guys. Happy Friday. How we feeling? Pretty good. Pretty good. That, uh, that NFL Combine talk had me uh, kind of interested to bring up this question. Has there ever been a time when your favorite team growing up was looking at drafting a player and you're like, I don't like that player. They draft that player. I will not be a fan of the team. That's kind of how I feel with Will Levis to the Colts. I may become a uh, Detroit Lions fan at this point if they take him. Oh, come on. He was held back by a bad OC. The guy's got a cannon. He's a, he's, a, he's a leader. He's a fighter. Maybe the best quarterback ever. You know, I'm really trying to look at it without my UT glasses on. And I watched the film, and it's like he threw 23 interceptions, Houston. It's like what tells me that that's an NFL quarterback? No, it was the it was the system. They were trying to play, you know, real football. You know, it just so happens that, that you know, that he threw the real football to the other team a few times. That's all. I guess I'm living in the modern era. Uh, who was that quarterback that got drafted by the uh, the Browns uh, from Kentucky? Tim Couch. Yeah, I guess I'm living in the Tim Couch days right now. <laughs> Tim Couch a lot better in college yeah. than Will Levis. That one game against Peyton. <laughs> Jeez, I don't know. I mean, it, would it, would he, would it, what would surprise you more, Nate, if uh, Will Levis goes number one overall, or Cedric Tillman runs a four four? Uh, it's close. <laughs> I mean, I would I wouldn't draft Will Levis till about the fourth round. That's just me. But yeah. they're quarterback. People just get in their head about a quarterback. They convince themselves he's going to be the next big thing, and if they if they miss out, there's that FOMO going on. Like if we don't take him and he's great, oh my gosh, could you can you imagine? You know, and sure that stuff happens. I mean the guy the the what Trailblazers that didn't take Michael Jordan or whatever. I mean you, yeah, but uh, 
I guess it'd be. I mean, if we're talking about a four four nine, I could see Tillman running that. If we're talking about like a four four zero, I don't think. I think he's going to be somewhere between like a four four seven and a four six. Like that'd be my projection for Tillman. I hope he does runs great because he was getting open so easily in college when he was a hundred percent. So, um, yeah. Well, with how the uh, with how many receivers there are this year, I mean, if he runs anywhere under a four five, I think he's going to get nicely paid. I think. Um, I guess my my final question. Um, I'll hang up and listen. You know, with how with how these quarterbacks are, you know, everybody's searching for them. I, I don't. I feel for my Titans friends because I know they want a different quarterback outside of Ryan Tannehill down the road. But honestly, next year's quarterback class is, if not better, you guys got Caleb Williams, Drake May, um, the LSU quarterback. I forget his name. He's actually developed Jayden quite Daniels, well yeah. there. Yeah, Jaden Daniels. He developed quite well after our game. Maybe that lit a fire in him. But I guess my question is, like, if you if you were Indy or if you are Houston, who's the number one quarterback? You're, you're like, it's obviously like CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. But like, who do you guys think should be the first quarterback taken? And I'll hang up and listen. Thanks, guys. Uh, Young's getting killed because he's five ten and a half right now. Killed. I think he's take Stroud. I think it's yeah. true too. I think when you look at what he's accomplished, measurables, I think it's Stroud. Now that's me not knowing what there are, you know, what what the interview process looks like with them, you know, how they handle all that stuff. Like, I love everything about Bryce Young. I worry about arm strength and size. You know, it's, it's kind of like Tua. I think Bryce Young might have a little higher upside, and I think CJ Stroud might have a little higher floor. I don't know. I mean, that Ohio State offense is built to feature the quarterback, and they had fantastic sure. wide receivers. Right. Um, their offensive line play is top notch uh, when they're going up against the the Big Ten teams. Now, C.J. Stroud being able to to look as good as he did against Georgia was impressive. Um, I think Bryce Young might just he might have a little more upside. It's it's the height thing is. I think it kind of depends on scheme, too. I mean, if you're a creative offensive mind and, and you're willing to scheme around having a little bit shorter quarterback, then that, that can work well. You know, like Kyler Murray is tiny. Mm-hmm. And when he – if he was a little bit more of a student of the game and would, you know um, – like I don't think his height is why – the Cardinals have struggled. I mean, he's been insanely good at times. Right. So if Bryce Young is a little more polished version of that, a little more a better decision maker. A little more uh, dedicated. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And and I, I feel like he is. I do too. And I also think Kyler Murray is almost so fast, he uses his legs almost too much. Bryce Young always has moved around to throw, not moved around to yeah. run. He runs to a different spot yeah. to throw. And he's also what five ten and a half, not five seven and three quarters or whatever. That yeah, yeah. Kyler Murray is too. I mean, that's a big difference. So, um, I think it's I think it's kind of a fit thing for me. It would depend on who my OC was if I was the head coach, but mm-hmm. I'd feel pretty confident taking either one of those guys. I just worry that C.J. Stroud might never be a star. He might just be a pretty good quarterback, which is okay a lot of times. But you know, it's all that risk versus reward with the NFL draft.